the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. Uh, With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And tonight, we will be bringing you part 22 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been maligned. It's been attacked. It's been denied and eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. The big question is, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be uplifted and blessed by our program tonight. Well, like Brother Gary said, we come to part 22 in this series, uh, and we are dealing with Trinitarian texts. That's where you have the one God uh, that's revealed in three eternal distinct persons all together from Genesis to Revelation. Oh, this is so exciting, and we want to encourage you to get your Bibles, get your pens and your papers, and Uh, get a seat and get to a table so you can take down these important notes that will bless you in your growth in the Lord. Now, let me just say this as a means of a Trinitarian question or a trivia question. Uh, Is the Trinity found everywhere in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Well, uh, the answer to that is yes, because I just mentioned that. And why Uh, is the Trinity found everywhere throughout Scripture? Well, the answer to that is because uh, all three eternal distinct persons are omnipresent, omnipresent. Uh, Now, that means that they are everywhere. They are everywhere. Now, uh, everywhere means that uh, they are everywhere as far as the Godhead within their own nature as far as the Godhead. But it's also interesting that the Godhead is everywhere within your life. They deal with every aspect of your life, whether it is 
struggles with, uh, you know, problems in your life, finances, no matter what you're dealing with, because all three distinct persons represent each other. And uh, uh, why are all three with you? Because in a sense, you are a mini type of a trinity, not a trinity in the sense of a capital T, but a small T in the sense that uh, you're not God with a capital G and you're not God with a little G, but you're a mini type of a trinity in the sense that God created you in the Imago Dei, in the image of uh, himself. Uh, and you are one person with three aspects of being, such as the body, the soul, and the spirit. See, these reflect the Godhead. The Godhead is everywhere, and they're also inside you as a Christian. Now, tonight I want to talk about, I want to talk about the first apologist and martyr in the New Testament. Who was that? Who was the first apologist and martyr in the New Testament? That's a good trivia question. Well, the answer to that was Stephen. Some people say Stephen. And at his death, we learned that the Trinity was there at his death. You say, well, Dr. Buckner, I never knew that. Well, you know it now. Amen. And that's the good news. And now the important thing, since you know it, it's important for you to study it. Now, we want to call your attention to uh, Acts chapter 7 and verse 55. Acts chapter 7 and verse 55. And what I'm going to do is, uh, as you are turning the pages to get to that, I want to read that uh, to you in uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. And I want you to notice the Godhead in this verse of Scripture. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, uh, looked up steadfastly into the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. Now let me break this down, this verse of scripture to you. So you can see the Godhead and the Trinity and Trinitarian text all in this verse of scripture. But he, meaning uh, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into the heaven and saw the glory of God. Now, I want you to notice this. Here is the third person of the Trinity when it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of the Trinity. Then he looked up steadfastly into the heaven and saw the glory of God. That is the first person of the Trinity. And Jesus here is the second person of the Trinity standing on the right hand of God. So you have the Trinity all together in that one verse of scripture, Acts chapter seven, verse 55. Now, let me make this practical to you so that you can have some practical uh, information and inspiration to help you every day with the struggles and the trials and the tribulations and the problems and the persecution even the persecution to severe uh, death, to the point of death. 
there are some great lessons to learn from this uh, verse of scripture because we experience persecution sometimes from family members, job, community, enemies, the world, and even sometimes a spouse. Now, I want to lay out to you several different things we can learn from this, these, this verse of scripture from a practical standpoint. And I believe that I have here at least, uh, what is it? Uh, five practical things that you can learn from this verse of scripture. Number one, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, you cannot deal with the troubles of life unless you're full and filled with the Holy Spirit. You notice in uh, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was being tested by the enemy, it says he was led in the wilderness to be tested by the devil, by the spirit. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. In other words, he had the power of God upon his life when he's getting ready to deal with all hell breaking loose in his life. My friend, you just cannot be victorious in your life without being filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed, appointed, and approved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is even a part of warfare because it tells us in Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication with all the same. So uh, without being filled with the Holy Spirit, you are powerless and uh, the devil will get you and manipulate you and try to destroy you. So you need to empty yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to come in you and fill you. Not only take resident, but become president of your life. Now, that's important because uh, when you're dealing with all sorts of things in life, uh, one of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5 and 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, long notice that, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. You know, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was the thing that Stephen had. He was first and foremost filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the first practical thing that we can learn from this verse of Scripture. And the number two thing that we can learn from this from a practical standpoint is Stephen, at the point of death, didn't look downward, but he looked upward to the heavens, uh, which come with all his health and his strength. My friend, if you just are looking uh, downward uh, and you're not looking upward, you know, keep your things on heavenly things. That's what Paul says. Keep your thing, your mind on heavenly things. You got to be looking uh, upward. And there's so many people that are so earthly minded that they're of no heavenly use. And there are some of them are so heavenly minded that are no, of no earthly use. You got to have a balance between the two. So he looked upward. He looked up because he knew that that's where his strength was coming. And number one, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he's full of the Holy Spirit. A lot of us are full of a lot of stuff, full of emotions and anger and, uh, you know, depression, abandonment and all this stuff. And that's why the devil get us all the time. Number two, he was looking upward to the heavens because he knew that's where his strength would come. He knew that that was where God was at. And then number three, Stephen saw the glory of God. Why? 
because he saw God on the throne in control of the situation, even at the point of death and was giving God the glory because he saw his glory. Now, that's the thing that will make you give God the glory when you are not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're looking upward. And when you're looking upward, you're going to see nothing but the glory of God. You're going to see God on the throne and you're going to give him the glory no matter what you're going through, no matter what type of trial, temptation, tribulation, no matter what you're going through, no matter what type of test you're going through, you're going to have a testimony because you got your mind stayed on Jesus and you are giving him the glory. That's the thing that's going to get you through. You know, just make it a practice. No matter what you go through, say, God, I give you the glory. I give you the glory right now. Listen to this program. I'll give you the glory in the midst of everything I go through, because if I do that, my attitude will be right. And then, so number four, after he saw the glory of God, he also saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Jesus was so pleased. Listen to this now. Jesus was so pleased with his attitude towards God in the face of death that Jesus got up out of his seat. Oh, isn't that powerful? Got up out of his seat. You know, Throughout the scriptures, we always hear about Jesus uh, sitting on the right-hand side of God. But he was so pleased with this man, willing to die for him, willing to give up his life for him, that he got up out of that seat. And then he just was so pleased with him. Jesus was standing, not any longer sitting down, got up out of that seat. And I believe he gets out of that seat when we are doing giving him all the glory as well. And number five, and fifth and lastly, uh, and he, and we see in Acts 7 and verse 60, then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. This is Acts 7 and verse 60. Do not charge them with this sin. Now, his attitude, because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and because he was looking upward and he was looking upward and he was giving God the glory and everything that he was doing. And, and, uh, and all of this, because of all these points, he was able to have a forgiving spirit. He said, latest not to their charge. His attitude towards uh, being filled with the spirit was that he was in a spirit of forgiveness as Jesus uh taught his disciples and they taught him and everything like that, that Jesus, and when he was on the cross in Luke 23 and 34, he cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen, he learned that lesson in his own life. That's what you got to do. You got to remember that when you're in warfare, you're not fighting people, you're fighting the demons behind them. That's why it says we wrestle not in Ephesians 6 and 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. People are not your enemy. They're just victims of the villain. Look at the villain, not the victims. And then you'll find victory in what you do. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And I pray that you will ask the Lord to forgive you right now. Ask him to forgive you for your ignorance. Ask him, say, Lord, come into my heart right now as the Savior and Lord, as King of my life, and I'll serve you to the day that I die. 
He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And to the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. And uh, speaking of prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been consistently praying for this ministry. And it is so important and so vital because we know that those prayers have kept us on the air oh, these last 20, almost 20 years uh, of ministry. And so we thank you so much. We also like to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially to keep us on the air. It is a listener-supported ministry, and, and so many people have sacrificed and uh, been faithful to what God has called them to do in, in response to uh, the work that we're doing and partnered with us financially and kept us going. And so we thank you so much. All of you who have been so diligent in your prayers and, and so consistent in your giving. It's, it's so humbling. Dr. Buckner and I are, are so thankful. Uh, we don't receive any of the funds that come through this ministry. It goes right back into paying for the airtime. Cost us 400 a week to, to do this program. And right now, we're thankful that we are totally caught up, but we want to stay caught up. So we want to, and we want to encourage you to continue to give consistently. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, one, you can address a uh, check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, to Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 335, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Just get on your smartphone or your tablet, laptop, go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right. Well, Dr. Buckner, I understand we have... Uh, question from uh, Brother Rick tonight. His question was, was Adam and Eve made mortal or were they made immortal when God created them? Well, that's a very good question uh, that Brother Rick uh, raises. And there have been uh, Christians and theologians throughout the centuries that have debated this. And that's why it's such a good question, and it deserves a good answer. So we appreciate Rick's uh, question. He always uh, brings good questions. And um, so let me just uh, deal with this from this perspective. Um, they were made, this is my answer to that, they were made mortal, but they were made conditionally immortal by eating of the tree of life. In other words, the tree of life was a typology of Jesus Christ. Uh, remember, Jesus said in John 6 and verse 54, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood 
has eternal life. So that tree uh, in the garden, uh, the tree of life, uh, represented as a typology of Jesus. And we eat on him today and feed on him, and we have eternal life according to Jesus. Now, uh, Adam and Eve, they didn't die that day physically because God literally uh, killed the sacrificed animal for their sins. Uh, but to answer uh, Rick's question uh, directly, the Bible does not say they were created immortal. Uh, but they were created mortal, but had the opportunity to live immortally by eating of the tree of life, like us eating uh, on Jesus Christ and living that life uh, daily. Now, this is an important point regarding immortality. Now, the word immortality, we need to put this together with that, were they immortal? Um, so let me just kind of deal with that word immortality. Uh, in First Timothy chapter 6, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 16, it says, Who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom he to whom be honored and power everlasting, amen. So immortality, immortality from the Old Testament to the New Testament only uh, relates uh, to Jesus Christ and not Adam and Eve or anybody else but Christ. It only relates to us when we die and be with him and we will experience immortality as well, especially having that uh, uh, spiritual body. So this is the last point I want to make on this to Rick. Uh, the major reason why God drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, and I always ask that as a trivia question, why did he drive them out of the Garden of Eden? Was because if they would have stayed in the Garden of Eden, they would have lived forever in a mortal corrupt state. So God had to be faithful to his word in terms of what he said, that you would surely die. If you eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Well, if he would have kept them there in the Garden of Eden, they would have lived forever in a corrupt mortal state. So God had to drive them out. So hopefully that will uh, help Brother Rick with this. But it's a tremendously good question. and Hopefully it not only blessed him, but the listening audience out there as well. All right, we can get to our uh, next question, uh, Brother Gary. All right, we're going to go to Sophia on line one. Sophia, how you doing? Oh, I tell you, I am so blessed. I'll get to my question in two seconds, but I was so blessed by your opening message. I, my blood pressure, believe it or not, has been skyrocketing. I have to go see a cardiologist. It's because I can't listen to the news. And what you said, because it scares me, you know, people being shut down, all this anti-Christianity talk. So you said something so profound, it went right to me, where you said, don't get angry and think of men as enemies, just look upward. And that's the key for me. I can't not be all upset and afraid of people shutting other people down, and you can't say this, you can't do this, and, and Christianity. No, see, so I want to just thank you for that message. It spoke to me so deeply, I can't tell you how much. Now, I get to my I appreciate, question. I appreciate that. It, my my uh, children always tell me the same thing. 
they say, uh, Dad, you don't realize how much that those words encourage me at my job and dealing with so many people in the world that uh, I have a whole different outlook on life. Uh, people are not my enemy. And it tells us that, uh, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but uh, principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So if we get our perspective right, they'll not only give us peace inside, but it'll help us to be more compassionate towards the loss as well. So thank you for saying that. And uh, what's, what's on your heart? What's your question? Well, I'll be quickly. It's Matthew 3. I don't understand this. I'll read it quickly. Um, it says, uh, Matthew 3, 9, And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And uh, cut down and thrown into the fire. No. It says, I will baptize you with the water for repentance, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Then he talks about the winnowing fork in his hand, will clear the threshing floor, uh, gathering his weeds, burning. I don't understand burning up the chase. I don't know what any of this means. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, a lot of right there in the context of that. Let me, let me uh, just deal with the uh, first part of your question, and then what we will do is when you call in next week, we'll develop that in more detail. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's a, it's, a, it's a full question. But let me address right now uh, the uh, baptism, you know, and, and fire. And then once you get an understanding of that and you call in next week, uh, I'll develop that context more because we okay. have uh, several different callers and one use of time. So anyway, uh, so when he says uh, baptism and, and fire, uh, you know, when John baptism was there at the time before Christ, uh, it was a baptism unto repentance with water. So what Jesus is saying, he says that when I come uh, and baptize, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and uh, with fire. Now, this is in reference to judgment because fire sometimes is synonymous with judgment uh, oh. and that's the way we have to look at it because fire is used throughout this context as a means of judgment and you can look at verse 10 and verse 12 as well and uh, so this speaks of uh, judgment uh, not only upon believers but especially unbelievers but oh. uh, it, it focuses on believers as well because when uh, you experience the baptism of, of Jesus, it, 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 it convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and causes you to surrender your life to him. And uh, the same thing that goes for the unbeliever as well. So what D Jesus did, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to baptize believers after his resurrection on the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And so one of the evidence, and I just want to kind of add to that, one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit on the day of, of Pentecost was tongues of fire that rested above above each person. You can look at Acts chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. And uh, John's reference to fire here may have referred to the purification that would come with the Messiah's baptism. So 
it's a it's a, a lot here to uh, take in, uh, but uh, let me kind of lay that out for you. And then what I'll do next week so we can get you to call in again, uh, I will develop the, the context and fuller information for you so that you can get a fuller picture of the other thing. But I don't want to overwhelm you with too much, but uh, chew on what I've said here about the baptism. And then when you, you call in next week, I'll uh, talk about the other section as well. Fabulous. Well, God bless you. That's, I have a lot to think about. I'll be all prepared for next week, and God bless you both. God bless you, too, and thank you always for your call and your, your question as well. Thank you. All right. God bless. All right. Well, we've got about two minutes left. If we hurry, maybe we can just introduce Sally's question. All right. Sally, you there? Good, after, good evening, fellas. You, God is so faithful to it. God is so faithful to keep you faithful. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, to God be the glory, great things and little things he has done. I was uh, in fourth grade in San Francisco Public School, and my Sunday school teacher uh, stopped us uh, before we got into our discussion, and she says, you know, uh, just now England has been being bombed, London has been bombed, and the princesses are having to be sent up north, and I think we ought to pray for them. And I don't remember whether we prayed, but she certainly did. And ever since then, uh, the the royal family has been in my mind, because Margaret was two years older than I, and, and uh, Queen Elizabeth now, of course, she wasn't then, she was only 13. Uh, uh, she was four years older. And so uh, then when... Uh, after uh, December 7th and 1942, early, uh, we were really not awfully sure that the Japanese weren't going to hit again, and there were a couple of scary times in San Francisco where we had to go in our dark rooms. And one of a president of a, of a Bible school back east called my dad, and he said, if you, uh, if Sally needs to, to, to come away from San Francisco, we'd be glad to have her. And I just think, you know, it's little things in life that are, that we think that they're not important, but with the Holy Spirit guides us to do some very interesting things, and sometimes they're very small, but, uh, I just, uh, thinking, of course, of the Queen now and what she's been through for the last almost two years, I guess, because her husband was so sick. So, um, you know, people all around the world need our prayers, even if we don't always know them at all. Well, that is so true, and we hear your heart on what you're sharing. And we're going to uh, have Brother Gary, we should pray around this concern. And uh, let's do that, Brother Gary. So, Lord, we just thank you for so many uh, folks that you've put in our path, put in our lives, that have prayed for us, that have stepped up. So many folks that we don't even realize till we get to the other side who was praying and, and how you moved upon their hearts to touch our lives and connect us to them. So, Lord, we thank you for those prayers. We thank you for those connections and connecting the dots. We thank you for Sunday school teachers and appreciate people who have have helped us and and stood in the gap for us. And Lord God, we pray that you would use us to stand in the gap for many, many others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Sally. And so good to hear from you. And we'll continue to keep that in prayer as well as pray for your family and keep us in your prayers as well. It's good to hear from you again. Thank you. All right. God bless you. All right. Well, we better take that commercial break. Otherwise, Vince is going to be upset. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith these many years and all of you who have partnered with us financially to keep this ministry going. And uh, we really appreciate your prayers. And we certainly appreciate your financial partnership. It is a listener-supported ministry. And without your support, we can't do what we need to do. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. So keep praying. And as the Lord leads, keep giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, you can write a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. Tiburon spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It'd be that simple. All right, let's get back to our callers. Dr. Buckner, are you ready? Yes, let's do that. Sounds good. All right. CC's been waiting patiently. Let's get to him. Uh, sounds like a good plan. How are you doing, CC? How are you guys doing? Uh, we're blessed. How about yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. All righty. All righty. Good to hear your voice. And uh, what's on your heart tonight, my brother? I want to ask you, um, what do you what do you think in terms about God uh, giving uh, temporal judgment? Uh-huh. Well, that's a good question. What makes you think of what made you bring up that question? I'm just curious. I've been in Romans one for a while, and I've, I'm, and it seems like that you know is the direction that that chapter was going into. So I've been I've been reading that a lot, you know. So um, doing some heavy meditation on it, and I said I, I thought it was me asked Dr. Butler about this. I know you you really know the Bible pretty well. All right. Well, that sounds like a good plan. The, the, the question is a very, very good one. Uh, so the uh, when we use the word temporal, uh, this means this relates to uh, the worldly events right now, what is happening right now. That's why they use the word temporal. Uh, it's just the opposite for of future or eternal. So uh, it's the temporal, what's going on right now. And so when we use the word temporal, it means related to the worldly rather than the spiritual matters. It's worldly matters rather than spiritual matters. And so when we use also the word temporal uh, judgment, it refers to the application of condemnation and punishment by God 
and time and this and in this world before the day of judgment at the end. So when we talk about temporal, it's important for you to understand it in relationship to uh, Romans and, and then any other book of the Bible that is uh, exclusively talking about what's going to happen before the day of judgment at the end. And um, all of us as genuine uh, born again uh, Christians accept that there is a a final judgment of all men and their sins on the day of judgment uh, at the end. So we balance it out and we say that there will be a temporal and well as a future. Now, uh, some people who are full preterists may hold to the position, uh, they hold to the position of everything happening in the first century and that it's done, but that's not the Bible because the Bible is balanced out. Um, an example, you know, an example of uh, temporal judgment. If, if I were to ask you, what is an example of temporal judgment in the New Testament? What would you say? I would say uh, Romans chapter one in verse twenty-four, twenty-six, and twenty-eight, when it says God gave them over. He talks about God gave them over to base mind. God gave them over to um, their own lust. God gave them over to the prisons. Gave gave people over to the prisons their own passions. You know, when it becomes a straitjacket in which God ties them up and judges them in terms of uh, their judgment that's being produced by their bad behavior. Very good. That's a good, good answer because Romans chapter 1 uh, and 2 and 3, uh, it really lays out this temporal judgment where God is giving them up to, uh, you know, a reprobate mind and judging them uh, and and another example of a temporal judgment would be like Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, where God dropped them both dead. That was a temporal judgment. So you, uh, you're you hitting it uh, right on target. And keep on studying, brother. We appreciate you uh, digging deep into the Word and getting the Word into you and, and you getting into the word as well. So hopefully that's giving you a little more meat uh, to digest what uh, you've already studied. Yeah, thank you. And me being more in the word too, is this program too. And the teachings that I've heard is encourages me more to study every time I hear you or anyone, you know, or brother, um, I guess the other, the other guy who speaks sometimes too there, you know, you guys encourage me to keep pushing forward. And I, I want to dig deep. Amen. Amen. That's uh, so true. Uh, okay. Well, uh, do you have any prayer requests before we get to our last? Uh, we think we have one more caller. Do you have any prayer okay, requests? Yeah. So we can pray around that. Just pray. Pray for me and my family. Uh, pray for my mother, Rosalinda, and then just uh, continue just to lift us celebrities in general. And then I'd like to ask if many people out there in the listening audience is prayer words they can pray for me and my family. You know whether it's now or on during the time, I just, I just need as much prayer as possible. My family needs it. All righty. Well, we're going to have Brother Gary to uh, lead us in prayer on that. All right. So, Lord, you know CC's heart. You know the struggles that he and his family are enduring right now. We just pray, Lord God, that you would uh, supernaturally step into that situation, Lord God, meet every need that's represented in their family because your promise is that you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. 
And so, Lord God, in the meantime, we pray that you give him peace, your perfect peace which surpasses all understanding, guard his heart and his mind. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help him to uh, also be a comfort to others as he goes through different things. I know that you'll bring people into his life that may be experiencing the same thing and need that same comfort. So give him a, a heart and a sensitivity to be able to minister to others as well. Lord God, we pray for celebrities that he's mentioned that are struggling as well, that they need you just like we needed you. And Lord God, there's so many people in the entertainment world and sports and uh, who have a lot of material things, but are spiritually bankrupt. And we we just pray, Lord God, that you would step into their reality and Lord God, draw them unto a saving knowledge of you. We thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cece, thank you so much for your call and always for your good question as well. We appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys too. All righty. All right. So we got one last caller. Let's try to get Greg squeezed in here before we run out of time. Yeah. Amen. Brother Greg. How you doing, Gary and, and Dr. Buckner? We are truly blessed and highly favored, my brother in the Lord. How are you doing? All right, all right. Okay, what is the 24 elders that, that pra- praise God 24 hours a day? Are they angels or human beings? Well, that's a good question. Uh, what They're definitely not angels yeah. because uh, this is in the uh, context of uh, elders and Angels are not referred to as elders. Yeah. Uh, there are some that would uh, hold to that hypothesis, but uh, the context does not warrant that. Uh, oh. The 24 elders who sit upon the thrones before the Lord, uh, they are the uh, encompasses of the, the leaders and uh, believers uh, in the Lord. They represent the leaders and believers in the Lord. Uh, and, uh, uh, and they represent. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. I do need do one thing. I need my sister, my whole family to be, to be, uh, prayed for because, because they're completely arrogant now. You, you need your my, my, sister and family sister, to be prayed yeah, for. See, my mother died and my dad died. And uh, since then, and I asked her to go to church with me. Now they don't want nothing to do with me. So I need them to be prayed for. Okay. Well, we certainly will do that. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Greg. We pray right now for his sister and families, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts, Lord God. And maybe they're struggling with that loss of, of their parents. They're struggling with grief. They're struggling with many issues in their lives. But, Lord God, regardless of whatever issues we struggle with, you're greater than those issues and that you are God of all comfort and you would have us comfort each other with that same comfort. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts and provide that comfort, touch their hearts, soften their hearts and lead them back to you and your your word and, and also to be in fellowship with other believers in church. And Lord God, we just pray that you would, Give Greg that peace right now, that peace which surpasses all understanding, to know that you're on the case and that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. 
And so, Lord, we just thank you tonight for what you're going to do in their lives. We pray that you continue to bring other people into their lives to bear witness of your of your mercy and your grace, and that they would, Lord God, uh, come into that saving knowledge of you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Brother Greg, thank you so much for your call. We you really too. appreciate God bless it. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Well, we've round the corner, and we're about to land tonight's plane. It's been another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. Uh, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and of course you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778. And if you've missed any of our episodes, especially in this series, you can find them in our podcast. If you go to kfax1100.com, and, uh, you know, just look up Contending for the Faith, and uh, and our podcasts are all there. All of our episodes are there, and you can share them and encourage other people to listen to them. So it's, it's a great resource. We want to encourage you. Take advantage of that. Um, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.